You know, I've just, Karen and I both, we've had such an honor and a privilege of knowing Adam and Tanya for many years. I've known Adam since he was an infant. I actually graduated with his father, uh, Marty. And we went to school together. We played ball together, spent time together. And uh, I'm just amazed at how God has used these two people in my life. I enjoyed being a part of a small group with them. We had the opportunity to be in a small group with them for years. And I've, I've always been encouraged to, to hear what God is doing in their life, to hear Marty, uh, to hear Adam talk about the stories of, of school and, and uh, the influence that he's had throughout these years in the school system, to, to uh, talk with Tanya and, and her, her faith that she has in God and in prayer and to both of them, their excitement that they have together for what God is doing and what he can do. And when I'd heard that uh, he had become the pastor of this church, and I was not surprised. I just knew immediately. It's just another way for God to use these two people. And I, I am so excited for them. And I thank God that we've been able to spend the years that we have together. And uh, we just love them to death. I want to ask you a question as we get started this morning. Have you ever felt like giving up? Maybe you've come in this morning in the last few weeks, or maybe even this past week, you know, that thought has entered your mind. And I'm just tired of it. I've had it. I'm ready to throw in the towel. It just seems like the whole world is caving in on you. Everywhere you turn, there's turmoil and there's strife. And it's not just one problem that you're facing. It's a multitude of problems that you're facing. There doesn't seem to be any way, any end in sight. You're exhausted. You're tired. Seems like the harder you try, the worse things get. There's just a part of you that's wondering, is it ever going to get any better? You know, we've all heard the saying, when it rains, it pours, hasn't we? But for you, maybe someone in here today, it's not just a saying. It's a reality. You're facing it. And it's tough. And you don't know which way to turn. And you don't know what to do. And you are at the end of your rope. I want to talk to you this morning about advancing through adversity. Turn your Bibles to Matthew chapter 14. Beginning in verse 22, we're going to be looking at a story that we're all familiar with. It's a story that we've heard many times. It's a story about Jesus walking on the water. We have it on our screen. Beginning in verse 22, it says, Immediately Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. 
Jesus had been ministering all day. As a matter of fact, you know, Jesus performed many miracles, but there was one that he had just performed prior to him walking on water. It was the feeding of the 5,000. So he had been ministering and been with people, thousands of people, all day long. And it come to the end of the day. He looks at his disciples. And he says, guys, I want you to get in the boat. I want you to get in the water. And I want you to go to the other side, and I'll catch you later. So he continues to spend time with the people there. It says in verse 23, it says, After he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. Now, Karen and I, we've had the awesome opportunity many years ago to go to the Holy Land. And I'll never forget being on the Sea of Galilee. Man, where these guys were. On the Sea of Galilee in this boat. Going across those waters. Now, I remember looking up and see the mountainsides. It's like the Sea of Galilee was in this valley. And, and the mountains are not wooded. Uh, and it's not a forest the way we think. It's, it's barren. But I could just picture Jesus sitting up on that mountainside. Looking down on his disciples. And praying for his disciples. It says, when evening came. He was there alone, but the boat was already a considerable distance from the land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. So he's there, and he's praying for his disciples, and all of a sudden this storm comes up. Now, these guys were fishermen. They were used to being out on the water. So they knew enough to know that when you see clouds, you know, it may be time to head on back to land. But I believe this. I believe this storm came up quick. I believe they didn't have time to get back to the land. Before they knew it, they were in the middle of this fierce storm. And it was beating. The winds and the waves were beating against their boat. Since during the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went out to them walking on the water. When he saw uh, when the disciples saw him walking on the water, said they were terrified. They said, it's a ghost. And they cried out in fear. So at first, when Jesus came out to them walking on the water, they just didn't recognize who he was. So it scared them even more. It scared them to death. They thought, you know, this is it. This is the ghost. This is the end. I want to ask you something. Have you ever been scared to death? I mean, something just scared you, absolutely scared you. And you just found yourself just shaking and found yourself just trembling. I have many times. My wife, Karen, my son, Justin, they used to just love to scare me. You know, especially when as a teenager, uh, as a little boy and on in his teenage years. And I mean, they just they just hide behind a... a, a you know, something around the corner or in a room. They know I'm going to eventually be coming through. And, you know, they would just jump out. they just scare me. And they knew. Man, I couldn't stand it. I'd just shake. There was one night in particular. I'd come home, just 
right at bedtime. So I, I go walking in, didn't hear anything. So I naturally, I thought Justin was in bed. So I didn't, you know, I go through the house and sometimes I, I didn't cut on the lights or anything. And, you know, I just went walking on down the hallway into the bedroom. I knew Karen was in bed. So I go walking around to my side of the bed. And I didn't know this. Justin was under the covers in my bed. And all of a sudden, he jumped up. He went, hey! I'm telling you guys, I jumped straight up. I just shook. I mean, I screamed. And they were just laughing. And I'm telling you, I know exactly what these disciples are talking about. When you think it's a ghost, you're scared to death. I mean, that's the way I felt that evening. Look in verse 27. It said, but Jesus immediately said to them, he knew what was going on. He said, take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. And I love Peter here in verse 28. He said, Lord, he said, if it's you, tell me to come to you on the water. And Jesus said, come. Then Peter, don't you look way dumb, man. I just love it. He said, Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came toward Jesus immediately. I mean, think about this. Nobody had ever attempted this. Nobody had ever done this. But he, Peter, would he exemplified great faith at this moment. So he wanted to be out there where Jesus was. But verse 30 says, but when he saw the wind, he was afraid. And, be, and beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. So he was doing wonderful, man. He was experiencing God, the supernatural power of God. At that moment, he got out walking on water, got out in the open, and all of a sudden, he made a mistake. He took his eyes off Jesus and began to focus again on this storm. And he began to sink. And he cried out to the Lord, save me. He reached down, Jesus did. Picked him up out of the water, put him in the boat, and immediately the storm subsided. Clear sailing. What can we learn from this story? There's one thing we can learn, that's this. That is that God allows storms. Verse 22 again, it says, Immediately Jesus made the disciples get into the boat, go on ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. So you can clearly see in these verses that it was Jesus who told them to get into this boat. Did Jesus know that there was a storm coming? Yes, he did. Did he deliberately lead them into this storm? Yes, he did. Were the disciples in God's will when they were led into this storm? Yes, they were. See, some Christians, they, they believe that once you become a Christian, that everything's just smooth sailing from then on. That everything's just glorious. That it's just one victory after another victory after another victory after another victory. Guys, I'm here to tell you, that isn't true. That isn't biblical. If you look throughout the scriptures, you'll see all throughout the Bible, great men of God who walked with God, who loved God, who served God, who were called of God, 
They experienced hardship. They experienced pain. They experienced suffering. John 16, verse 33 tells us this. Jesus speaking to his disciples prior to his crucifixion. He said, I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace. Listen to this. In this world you will have trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world. James chapter 1 verse 2 says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds. It doesn't say you might face trials. Some will, some won't. No, we're all included in this. It says whenever you face trials. Maybe you've come in here this morning. You're facing some physical problems. You know, just a few weeks ago, you didn't have it. It wasn't a part of your life. Maybe a few months ago, it wasn't a part of your life. But today, it is. And you don't know what's going on. Doctors don't know what's going on. But you're struggling. You don't know which way to turn. Maybe you're here this morning. You're facing some family issues. Got some tough decisions to make. Having to deal with some very difficult things. Could be an uncertainty of a job for someone here. You don't know. You're trying to find one, doing everything you can, but it's just not working out. Or maybe the job that you do have, you know, it used to be a great job, but it's just not anymore. It could very well be a coworker, you know, that's giving you a difficult time, giving you a hard time. And you don't know what to do. You're going in and you're doing your best, but it seems like there's this adversity. There's this person or these people that makes it tough. Maybe for some of you here, maybe it's finances. It's not that you're not working. You're doing your best. You're striving to get ahead. And it seems like every time you get just a little bit ahead, something happens. Something breaks down. Something tears up. And you just seemingly can't get ahead. If I, if we took the time and we, we, uh, went through everyone and we gave you the opportunity to just be open and honest and you were willing to share with us what you're going through, the things that you have been through. I'm telling you guys, we'd be here all day long. The list would be so long. Make no mistake about it. The winds of adversity do blow our way. They are real and God does allow it. But the second thing is this is that God uses storms to teach us some things. He did in this story. Jesus, he could have, you know, as soon as he dismissed the last uh, person of the crowd, he could have immediately went on and met the disciples and been with them immediately. Or he could have went on up to pray and, and spent an hour or so there and then decided to go meet with, with his disciples, but he didn't. He stayed all night up on that mountainside praying. The disciples were in this storm all night long, fighting against the wind, fighting against the waves, thinking in their mind, you know, 
Man, I wish Jesus was with me. I wish he was here that, we, that, he could be, that he could help us out during this time. Sometimes we feel like that, don't we? But there's a purpose in his delay. There's a reason why he didn't intentionally uh, go to them immediately. Say, what, what is it? What was, he, what was he trying to teach these guys? Number one is this. He was testing their faith. Now listen to this. He was testing their faith. They needed to know. They needed to see for themselves how they were going to react during this storm. Notice I didn't say Jesus needed to know. Because he already knew how they was going to react. It was for their benefit. They needed to know. Why? Because Jesus knew there was coming a day when he was going to have to leave his disciples. And they were going to have to walk through this earth by themselves. Experiencing the hardship, the pain, the struggles, and the sufferings throughout their ministry. And they needed to learn how to put their faith and their trust in him. It was important that they go through this by themselves. And Jesus knew it. Even though he wasn't present, maybe as they're out there in that storm and he's not with them and they're wondering, maybe maybe it seemed like he didn't care. Sometimes we feel that way. But guys, it's the same way for us. It's important that we face storms, that we go through adversity. God's up to something. He's trying to do something. He's trying to stretch our faith so that we'll trust him. I heard a preacher say one time that uh, God is, he said, your faith and the things that God tries to use in your life to stretch your faith, he said, it's sort of like a, a rubber band. You know, you take a rubber band and we'll take it and we'll pull on it. You probably have done this just out of curiosity. Let's see how far we can pull it back before it'll break. And I mean, you get right to the point where you think it's going to break. And you let it go. And what happens? It doesn't go back to its original size. It's a little bigger, isn't it? Well, see, that's the way it is in life. Sometimes God chooses you know, to send adversity our way. And we find ourselves in a situation where we're saying, God, what's going on? God, what's happening? Why aren't you coming through for me? God, I can't handle this no more. Please, I need you. I can't do this. And we think, we think that we're going to break. This is it. It's over. And then God delivers us or he does something. And we learn a tremendous lesson when we put our faith and our trust in him. And when it's over with, we look back at it and we see that God used that. He used it. Our faith has been strengthened through it. There's going to be times when you're going to face some very difficult things. And you're going to ask, where's God? Where's he at? God's not saying anything. He's not doing anything. And I'm going to tell you, at that time, all you can do is just simply trust him. Now you think, well, that's, that's easier said than done. But we all go through it. You have to recognize he's still God. 
He's the creator of this world. He created you. He knows everything you're going through from the beginning to the end. And he knew that you'd be in this situation. But we have to understand that he has our best interest in mind as we're going through these things. Second reason he delays is that he's using the storm to drive us to him. That's what he did with these guys. He used this storm to drive us to him. You see, when things are going good for us, we really, if we just be honest, we just, we don't. Yeah, hey, God, things are going good. I, I don't need you right now, you know. And, and if we can handle it ourselves, we'll handle it ourselves. But as soon as something happens, some adversity comes our way, some problem comes our way, some major decision, what do we do? We're quicker to turn to God then, aren't we? I want you to listen to what the Apostle Paul said here in his writings in 1 Corinthians or 2 Corinthians 1, beginning in verse 8. I want you to listen to these words. This is Apostle Paul. This is amazing. He says, we do not want you to be uninformed, brothers, about the hardships that we've suffered in the province of Asia. He says, we were under great pressure, far beyond our ability to endure, so that we despaired even for our life. Indeed, in our hearts, we felt the sentence of death. I mean, these guys were under tremendous persecution they didn't know whether they were even going to make it and they're just simply trying to fulfill what God has called them and given them to do share the gospel plant churches and they were being opposed tremendously by people don't you listen to this next sentence but this happened that we might not rely on ourselves on God the apostle Paul had learned that hardship pain suffering caused him to rely on God it's no different for us guys God had become his hope God had become his deliverer God had become his source of strength in his times of need and depending on God shows that we're powerless without him and that we need his constant touch in our lives. God is our power, the source of our power. And we receive his help by keeping in touch with him. When we have this attitude of dependence on God, then when we face problems, you know what it'll do for us? It'll drive us to God rather and drive us away from God. Amen? Third thing is this, the reason he's delaying. Jesus wanted to show them, and listen to this, this is important. Jesus wanted to show them that he is all they needed. See, the only way that the disciples were going to survive the storm was if Jesus delivered them. They knew. I mean, we've been about this thing for hours. The storm constantly is fierce. It's not letting up. This boat is going to go under and we're going to sink. If we're not delivered, they knew they were doomed. 
The only way that we're going to make it in this world is we got to come to a place where we say, God, I can't make it anymore. God, I don't want to make it anymore. God, I need you. If you don't come through for me, I am going to sink. See, God wants us to live life experiencing his peace, his power, his presence as we walk through this world despite our adversity. Once Peter began to step out of the boat, I want you to listen. There was, I believe there was such a peace that came over him that it was unexplainable. He had began to experience God's power and his presence. And I want to ask you something. Was he still in the storm? Yes, he was. But he was experiencing God. All the fears that he had been experiencing all these hours, they went away. God replaced it. With his peace. Despite our circumstances, this is what God wants for us. He wants us to walk through this world with his peace, with his presence, with his power working in and through us despite anything that we'll ever face. God wants us to come to a place where we say, God, you are all I need. There's nothing else in this world that I need. God, there's nothing else in this world that I want. You're all I want. God, I give my life to you. It's yours. You know, there's a lot of people who spend a lot of time and they spend a lot of energy chasing after things. They're going to come to the end of their life, and I had to learn this, that there's nothing in this world that's ever going to satisfy you except God. Nothing. Not one thing. There's people that spend their whole life, you know, trying to climb the ladder in their jobs and in their careers. And they think, if I can just do this, I'll find happiness. You'll never find happiness that way. God created us for him. His purpose in life is for us to have a relationship with him and walk with him and talk with him through this world. It's not in your jobs. It doesn't matter how much money you accumulate. Karen and I, we've sat around before, you know, you just sort of fantasize a little bit. Hey, if, if you did win the lottery, you know, what would you do with it? And wouldn't that great to have, I think what it was months ago, like, like a billion and a half? Man, wouldn't that great to have all that? You know, you think it would. But Jesus said, what would it profit a whole man if he should gain the whole world? Lose his soul. Nothing. I'm telling you something. I find out, the further I go with God, he's all I need. He's my fulfillment in life. I don't need anything else. And people, I don't want anything else. I don't want nothing else. He is the provider of my life. I give him my life. I've given him my home. I've given him my job. I've given him everything. And I've trusted him. And sometimes you're going to be mistaken. People are going to think you're crazy for what God has you do and has given you to do. And I'm going to tell you something. You just stay in the middle of God's will and watch him. You watch him do things with you. 
Every person on the face of this earth deserves God. And he's wanting to use us to reach out to people. It, it, one person is important. It don't matter whether you're in the middle of God using one person's life or thousands of people. He wants to use us to save people for his honor and for his glory. But I'm here to tell you. I'm here to tell you. He's all you need. And what I'm trying to tell you is quit searching. Quit looking somewhere else. Look to God. He'll provide for you. He'll satisfy you. He'll give you everything you ever need in life. Amen? Amen. You may be sitting there thinking, I mean, do you really believe this stuff? I do. I've been at it for 30 something years, and I ain't about to stop. I want to go to the end. So you're sitting there telling me you can experience peace despite your circumstances? Despite everything I'm going through, you can experience that? Yes, you can. You mean you're telling me you can experience the power and presence of God in the midst of all the turmoil? Yes, you can. I believe you. And I know it. You say, how? How do you do this? How can this happen in a person's life? Number one is this. You got to see them in the storm. See, we all have a tendency. We get so consumed. We get so caught up with all of our struggles and all of, all of our strife, strife. All the things we go through. Sometimes it just consumes us so much that in the morning we're thinking about it. During the day we're thinking about it. At night when we go to bed we're thinking about it. We're so consumed with it all. We're asking ourselves, where's God? Where's God in the middle of all this? It's easy to do this, but I'm telling you, think of God's promises. What is it he tells us? He said, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. There's nothing that can separate us from the love of God. He's right there. But guys, it's easy sometimes to forget that. But if you're going to advance through uh, adversity, you need to understand. You need to see God in the middle of this storm. Isn't it amazing? The disciples, they were scared to death. But once they recognized it was Jesus, how the tide began to turn just like that, that's what he wants for us. So first of all, you got to see him in the storm. Second thing is, you got to call out to him. we got to do just like Peter and exercise faith by calling out to Jesus. We need to stop trying to handle things ourselves. We need to start looking to Him. You got a problem? You got a situation? Stop focusing on that and start calling out to Him and saying, God, this is what I'm going through. I know I've been going through this for a while, and God forgive me. I haven't been calling out to you, but now I want to start bringing it to you. Tell Him your problems. Be open. Be honest with him about what you're going through. And as you go through it, ask him, say, give me the strength, God, to endure this. I need your help. And once and for all, you need to release it. You need to look at God and say, God, I've had enough. All I've, all I've done is focused on it, and I'm tired of it. 
I give this to you. It's yours. I'm going to begin to focus my life on you. Third thing you need to do is you got to be willing to do whatever he says. Whatever you're facing, you lay it down, you, you give it to him, you release it to him at his feet. But I'm going to tell you something. you got to be willing to do whatever he says. Now, now when, Peter, when Peter decided, Lord, if you'll ask me, I want to come out there to where you're at. He said, come on. When he stepped out of that boat, what happened? He began to experience the supernatural when he obeyed. Well, when we come to a point in our life that we have had enough and we lay it at his feet and we simply say, Lord, I'm yours. I surrender to you. Whatever you want me to do, I'll do it. Wherever you want me to go, I'll go. My life is not my own anymore. It's yours. Use me. And you surrender yourself completely to him. I'm going to tell you something. Things are going to start happening. The peace that I talk about, you're going to begin to experience it. You're going to begin to experience his presence and his power as you spend time with him and as you give yourself to him. You know, it's good every now and then just to have a self-evaluation, isn't it? You know, and when you do this, just simply say, God, is there anything that you want me to do? Maybe there's something in this situation, the stuff that I'm facing, you know, that I need to do. Is there some attitude that I have had that I need to let go of? Have you ever been around anybody that they've, they're just negative 24-7? You talk, you know, it's draining, isn't it? Maybe we've allowed things to happen to us to the point where we become negative. And our attitude's not in the right place. Confess it to him. Surrender it to him. Maybe it's a sin. Maybe there's something in your life that's going on and you've been holding on to it. God's tried his best to get your attention and you won't listen to him. You're just saying, God, hey, I'll serve you, but don't, don't ask me to do this right here. I've been doing okay. No, you got to surrender everything to him. We don't need anything to stand in the way. All we need is God, and we need to give everything to him, surrender everything to him. And the last thing is this, and I'm closing with this. you got to keep your focus on him during the storm. What happened to Peter? Peter was experiencing the supernatural, wasn't he? He's experiencing the supernatural. But what happened once he got out into the open waters and, and he took his eyes off Jesus and he saw his situation that, he's, that he is in, he sank just like that. He began to sink. You know what that tells me? We need him every day. We need him every day that we live, we can't afford one moment without him. I want to encourage you to do something. Every day, when you wake up, you can do this before you even get out of bed. But I encourage you that the morning, when your morning gets started, you need to look, you need to look at God and say, God, 
This is your day. I give this day to you. You know everything about this day. You know everything that's going to happen. You know whether I'm going to have a good day. You know whether I'm going to have a bad day. You know the adversity that's going to come my way. You know how things are going to be at work. You know whether this co-worker's it's going to make life difficult for me. I mean, you know everything about my day. And God, I give you this day. I surrender this day to you. Help me, God, to be sensitive to you. Help me, God, to be, uh, to be under your control and sensitive to your spirit. I surrender. I don't want it. All I want to do is, God, focus on you. When I am in contact with people, help me to be sensitive to you. Help me to say the things you want me to say, to act the way you want me to act, to do the things you want me to do. And I want to tell you something. If we will, if we'll do that, if we'll begin our day every day that way, involving him in our lives, seeing him in our storms, calling out to him, surrendering ourselves to him completely each day, you're going to be amazed at how you're going to advance despite any adversity, any problem, any situation you ever face. You're going to be amazed at how God allows you to experience his peace, his power, and his presence in your life. Let's pray. God, we just thank you, Lord, for all you do. God, I just, I'm just amazed at your work. God, how you work in our lives. God, help us. We need you. Help us, God, to come to the point where we're just sick and tired of things and just begin to stop focusing on them, but God, start focusing on you. Help us to see you in every situation we face, every problem we face. Help us, God, to just simply call out to you and include you, surrendering ourselves to you, keeping our, our focus on you daily. Thank you, God, for the opportunity to come and speak to Lifeline Church. and God, for Adam and for their team who are ministering this morning, just use them. For Adam and Tanya, as they lead this church forward for your honor and glory, use them. And God, for Lifeline Church, use them in this community. If we'll just stick to you and come to the understanding that you're really all we need, life would be so much better. So God, we give ourselves to you. We want to say we love you. And we thank you, God, for everything. In Jesus' name.